Welcome to the Church of the Living God Mount Sterling podcast. We hope you are blessed by this message. For more information about our church, follow us on Facebook by searching for our page, Church of the Living God Mount Sterling. We would love to connect with you, pray with you, and hear what God is doing in your life. Now grab your Bibles and let's get into God's Word. All right, if you've got your Bibles, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. All right, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 says this. I always forget to give them the scriptures, so forgive me again, Colton. But I'm reading out of the King Jameth, so prepareth thine hotteth. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 says this. And, and, he, and you hath he quickened, who were dead in your trespasses and sins, Wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also you had our conversations in times past of the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Who is encouraged in the house of God today? But God who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he has loved us, come on somebody, in which he has loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in verse 7, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. Amen. I'm going to preach a message today by the authority of the kingdom of God called Resurrected for Purpose. All right? Resurrected for Purpose. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I glorify you. I thank you, Lord. And I just declare the blessings of the Lord Jesus Christ in this place. God, we have been raised up by you. And it is full of purpose. It is full of authority. It is full of power. And Lord God, it is time that we receive it and we begin to walk it out. Lord God, I ask for the unction and the utterance of your Holy Spirit to boldly declare this room and to declare that all may know in this house and will walk out of this house that you are alive. And we honor you for it in Jesus' name. And the church shouted amen. I love this, that Paul, before he tells you, He's about to tell you who you are and who you used to be, but he starts it off and says, all right, I'm going to talk about the one whom he has quickened. I'm going to talk about the one that he has made alive. For too long, the church sits on a, a comfy mat of resurrection. Resurrection is in our vocabulary. It's something we talk about, but it's not something we walk in. And the first thing to realize of what resurrection truly is, is you got to remember who he resurrected. He has quickened you. He has made you alive. Boy, you look good today. He has also been healed of cancer. I just love throwing stuff in the devil's face. 
you who he quickened, I want you to remember that you were dead in your trespasses and in your sins. You walked according to the course of this world, and just so if you didn't know that, according to the prince of the power of the air, talking about the devil. When I lived in the world, my life was completely focused on the world. I woke up. I wanted to get high. I wanted to drink. There was times where I would wake up in the morning for school. I'd get picked up. We'd smoke marijuana on the way to the gas station. We knew the guy at the gas station. We'd get a a bottle of malt liquor, drink the malt liquor on the way to class, and then first period, I was buzzing. Second period, I would leave, go get high again. I'd go back for two more periods, then leave, get high again, and I had to make sure I was back by six period because after that, I had to go to baseball practice. This was a daily basis thing for me. This was every day, and listen to me, people would talk to me. they say, Patrick, aren't you afraid you're going to go to hell? God is mad at this. But in my heart, I lived according to the world. I lived according to the life of the enemy, so what God thought didn't matter to me. Going to hell didn't faze me because I was already living this life. Now, if, if, if we live in resurrection power, when I go up to the rehab center or when I go up to a prison or when I go to the jail, I want them to know before I tell them who they used to be, who they are, that we're dead in our sins, I want to tell you. But before I tell you who you are, I want to tell you he raised you up. Because we're so quick to judge what they have done that we forget that Christ came to raise. That if we humble ourselves, he will exalt us. He wants us to know that, listen, I know people got issues, and we do. Church people got issues. Amen. One person said amen. I know them. They have been broken, but God resurrected them. Now they're holding a beautiful baby of promise. Why? Because he resurrected them. See, you who he's, who he's quickened, you who he has made alive, let me tell you that you were like this, but God did something. If all the church talks about is sin, and I've said it before, listen, we need to deal with sin. We need to deal with bondage. But sometimes ministers and pastors and church people, we've got sins that we don't deal with, so we like to talk about them. Notice there's not a lot of messages on gossip. Who knows the church is good at gossip? Have you ever heard of prayer request gossip? If not, let me tell you. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Boy, Brother Patrick, man, he is, whoo, he is preaching today. Hallelujah. Did you, had you heard about what he did a couple weeks ago, though? We need to pray. We need to pray. And Sister Sally goes, oh, I didn't hear. Let's pray. We've done that for generations. Do you like that? Amen. She liked that. What about you? We've been doing that for years. But, but we want to look at the homosexual. We want to look at the addict. Because those are easier, right? Do you know that some of the highest suicide rates is in the homosexual community? Because the devil binds them and the church kicks them out. How about we look at them and just say, he has quickened you. He has made you alive. 
And he has real life that he has for you. And we start preaching them the gospel of resurrection, but we do it while we're, we're, we're resurrected. For so long, resurrection is just a word that we throw out and we, and, we, and we say, oh, resurrection, resurrection, resurrection. But few of us in the body of Christ, few churches, few of us are actually walking in purposed resurrection. Paul is telling us that, listen, you've got these things, but God in his mercy, which with he loved us. For God so loved the world, right, that he gave his son, that whoever believes would not perish, will have everlasting life. But verse 17 says, For the Son of Man came not to condemn the world, that through him they might be saved. We need to preach a resurrection gospel, because if you need resurrection, that means you're dead. Do you understand what I'm saying? If we're going to preach a gospel that, that met us when we were in darkness, then we need to focus on the resurrection that brought us out of darkness when we're speaking to the people that are still in the darkness. We have got to meet people where they are, not judging their sin, but preaching them the gospel because the love of God is what brings, brings people out of sin. Romans 2.4 says, it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. Listen, when you're on a, on, a, on a 10-day binge on drug addiction, when you're for 10 days, you're slaughtering your entire life. If somebody comes up to you and talks about hell, you're living it. But when the Holy Spirit spoke to me through a family in Baltimore that just says, man, God's got something good for you. While I was still in my mess, while I was high in their living room, they weren't afraid of my sin. I was in sin. I was bound. They could see it on me. They could smell it on me. They could see it in my eyes, but they could see the hurt. They could see the brokenness, but they saw something deeper, and they said, man, God has quickened him. And they weren't afraid of what I was battling with because they had met the one that won victory. When you walk with a resurrection God, that's what you need to start handing out to people. I've looked at people in the eyes, and I could see that they had just been on detox just for a couple days. And I've looked into their eyes, and I said, man, God wants to resurrect you. And it doesn't make sense to the carnal mind, but nothing makes sense spiritually in the carnal mind because the church is more worried about theology than they are of reaping the harvest. We would rather be right than people win victory. We think it's a bonus that when we're right in theology and people win victory, now I'm all good. Now I'm the best. Paul is bringing out of saying, listen, he has quickened you, but there's sin, but God is great in mercy. If we're going to win this city, we have got to get out of religion and start walking in resurrection. Because people need to be resurrected. You were dead in your sins and in your trespasses, but guess what? Sunday's coming. Sunday's coming. And that's why we need to walk resurrection every day because when I'm at work and somebody walks into the office broken, somebody walks in, there's times where, where a lady came in, she cashed her check, and she knows me from ministry, and she, she was right at the door. She goes, I had somebody in my office, and she said, Brother Patrick, if you don't care, just, just pray for me. I've, I've been battling some stuff. I hopped out of my chair, walked right to my door, 
and the Lord says, prophesy over her. I sat there right at my door at Whitaker Bank, right off the bypass, and I started praying and prophesying. Next thing you know, the tellers are crying. She's crying. Bondages are being broken. Why? Because he's resurrected. I don't have time to say, oh, sweetie, shoot. Can you go to church on Sunday and I'll wear a tie and then I'll pray? I don't got time for that. If you catch me in Kroger, now this is just a blanket policy here. If you catch me at Kroger and say, Brother Patrick, can you, can you remember me in prayer? I'm not going to remember in prayer. We're going to pray right now. So if you don't like praying in Kroger, just wave and go, hey. Kimberly, Kimberly goes, you walk down aisle five, I'll go to aisle ten. Okay? Because when I'm grabbing the pack of Oreos, I know Jesus is sweeter. And because we're born again believers, it's double stuffed Oreos, okay? Hello. God of abundance, huh? Single Oreos? No. I don't know what kingdom they're from, but they ain't the double stuffed kind. You all are getting me distracted. Verse 6. Or, no, verse 5, even when we were dead in sins, hath he quickened us together with Christ. Listen to this. Quicken means to reanimate conjointly. Now, I don't know about you, but I had no clue what that word meant. So I looked it up. Reanimate means this. Restore to life or consciousness. So when he says, I have, I have, he has raised you up, he has quickened you. He, he has literally restored you to life and consciousness. See, we, we, we are raised to life. We believe resurrection means you come to church every Sunday. That's not resurrection. We think resurrection is just going to church, trying to do our best, but in Romans it says, be ye transformed through the renewing of your mind. God has got to change your mind. When we get saved, he saves the soul. And maybe I'm different, but he didn't save up here. Because I was still crazy up here. Now, I'm still crazy up here, but I'm more justified and sanctified. So I, I, when, when I grew up, I, I listened to, to heavy metal music and to gangster rap music. Okay? Like this new rap stuff now, that's not rap. You know? Riding down my car, rolling in the hood, everybody waving. Boy, it is good. That's not rap. Okay? I like the rap that in, in the music videos they had guns going. Come on, let's go. That's the kind of rap I like. I like hardcore gangster rap. When I got saved, I realized that cursing was, wasn't good. And I was like, ooh, man. We're really going to have to change the vocabulary a little bit, okay? So I would listen to rap music, and I could rap it and leave out every single curse word. Because that's right. I can't curse, but I got to get me some Tupac. Who knows what I'm saying? So all these things were going on in my mind. But see, he restored me, not, not just in life, but in my conscience. I had to start thinking different. I had to start adapting my life to him because I'm sick. I got so sick and tired of trying to make Jesus like me 
and not trying to live like him. But see, that's a radical notion. But the common Christian should be a Jesus Christian. Jesus did things so radical, so crazy, because he loved so much. If you're going to win the city, if you're going to go out into the middle of Mount Sterling and truly make a change, if you're going to make a change in Mount Sterling, this church can't do it alone. We have got to partner with other churches. We've been saying that if half the county is saved, roughly there's 24,000 people. If 12,000 people are saved, who knows? I do not want to pastor 12,000. Just don't. Love them, but let's divide. Let's disperse. This Wednesday, we're doing our Facebook Live with Pastor Scott Holly and, and Pastor Michelle Ballard from the First Christian Church. We've partnered together. We love God. We lo- Listen, we love God and we love to eat. Hello? Jesus multiplied food. All right? Me and Jesus are tight. In the kingdom, what is it? The marriage supper. <laughs> Who knows? Calories don't matter at that table, glory. But we have got to change our mentality in here. We've got to change even the way we think about church. Because church has just been this, this, this idle thing that we sit at and we go to. And that, that makes our relationship with God. But for so long we realize that that has nothing to do with the gospel. They were the church. They met together, and then they went out into the middle of the temple. That's why Peter and John kept getting arrested, is because they kept preaching out in the middle of the temple. We need to start preaching in the streets of Mount Sterling. Because I don't know if you've noticed, sometimes the broken don't come in here. If people are in a life of prostitution, which I don't know if you know that, but there's prostitution in Mount Sterling. They've been, they've been having issues with that. Homeless people, drug addiction, they're coming from Ohio, they're coming all this. We're trying to bust drug dealers when we need to be the one preaching to the drug dealers. I'll sit there and talk to a prostitute to show her who he is. Because I know about prostitutes in the Bible, and they come to the king of glory, and they kneel down, and they break open alabaster boxes. And he said, she is forgiven. Back then, historically, they would say that the prostitute would collect oil. Instead of just giving them money for, for, for giving themselves to the man, they would pour oil in there. That was her livelihood. That was all of her life. Everything she could ever do to get out of prostitution. Because I have never met one prostitute that wanted to do it. There's brokenness and there's hurt in this world. People are physically abused, emotionally abused, sexually abused, and then they come out and those are just the the symptoms of the true hurt. And the church is judging the symptoms when we should be the ones cutting off the root of the tree. We should be the ones with resurrection. I've sat there and I've talked to people and preached them the gospel. She found one who was not only worthy to break her livelihood, but she found the one who gave her worth. And the church sat there and says, boy, if he were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman this was. And what they should have done is she should have said, no, no, no. If you knew he was the son of God, you would be kneeling with me. 
do we want resurrection, church? Or are we satisfied with Easter Sunday? I'm not satisfied with Easter Sunday. I've told her here before, I've looked at a mother holding her eight-month-old baby dead in her arms in Bombay, Ethiopia. She was hopeless. Three of us checked the pulse. There was nothing that could be done for that child. But Jesus Christ breathed on that child. I watched the child come back to life. Patrick, I don't believe that. doesn't matter to me. I saw it. And I realized that there's something's wrong with me. Because that kind of resurrection is what the earth needs to see. And it needs to be seen from the church who were once dead in our trespasses, but now he has made us alive and made us a life in our minds. We need to start thinking different of this resurrection. When it says raise, it means to rouse. In a company, that is to revive. It's to resemble. It's to raise together. Jesus resurrected, but then he steps into our death and he raises us up with him. When's the last time he raised you up? And I don't mean promotion. I don't mean a job. I mean when you were dead, you felt yourself dead, and you needed him to raise you to make you alive. I've been there. I've been there in my Christian walk where I felt dead. I felt defeated. I felt worthless. I felt so rejected. And he stepped in and says, By my spirit you will rise from the ashes of defeat. I'm the resurrection king. What's the purpose of your resurrection? What happens when we walk out this door? Are we just going to our Easter brunches? Or are we looking beyond that? Has our mind changed about what the resurrection is? Because so many times we we grow up in church our whole lives and all we think about is, well, I don't have this big testimony. I don't have all this. Listen, you don't need to be a broke down drug addict to have a testimony. If you walk in resurrection, you got something to say. And it's time that the body of Christ quits letting the world shout. Listen, the world's always going to shout, but the church needs to start walking this thing out. We need to start demonstrating the glory of God through this. Uh, In John chapter 20, Mary Magdalene stays at the tomb. And Jesus said unto her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking for? And she supposed that he was the gardener. And she said unto him, sir, if you have borne him hence, or if you have taken him, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. A woman says, I don't know where he is. His body is bigger than mine, but I'm so in love with this Jesus that I'll throw a dead body on me and take it somewhere else. We have the living body of Christ, and we're unwilling to walk with him. She's willing to walk with him dead. And the body of Christ is ashamed to walk with him alive. Where are we? Where are we? We need to start living a resurrected life. We need to start demonstrating it. He said said unto her, Mary, my God, he knows your name. I want you to know that the time that I have in my spirit heard the Lord say my name, and yes, God does speak. The church has, has vanquished that the, the fact that God still speaks to his children. I've never seen any relationship that is successful without communication. So why would it be any different? 
He spoke in the Old Testament, he spoke in the Gospels, and he spoke in the New Testament after he was raised from the dead. We got to start listening. The times in my life that I heard in my spirit Jesus say, Patrick, I was in darkness. I was hurting and I was broken. Mary was desperate and he goes, where have you laid him? I don't know who you are, but where, where have you put him? I want him. I want him. He goes, Mary. She goes to cling to him. He says, he says, hold me not. He said, I have not yet ascended to the Father. Now listen to this. Jesus said unto her, touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. But listen to this. Go and tell my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father. And to my God and to your God. Everything has changed. See, now, in John 17, the longest recorded prayer of Jesus, he said, Father, I pray that, that they would be one as you and I are one. But now he's risen again. Now he goes, I go to my Father and your Father. I go to my God and to your God. See, now all of a sudden we have been adopted by God. Now I approach him different. Now, I can't just preach the resurrection of Christ. But now I'm joined with him. And I said, it's our resurrection. We, the church, we, the body of Christ, we have been resurrected for purpose. And for too long, we've depended upon church to demonstrate him. But that's not working. The church needs to walk this out. The earth needs resurrection wherever they are. I've said it before. He found me in the drug house, not in the church house. He had to go out and get me. He had to leave the 99 and go and find the one time and time and time again. He didn't just say, I'm going to my father. He said, I'm going to yours. Everything changed on that resurrection. All of a sudden, that's what Paul's talking about. It says, now we have been raised to life with him. His resurrection is now your resurrection. His new life is my new life. And everything we walk in now is because of him. Everything. When you jump down in John 20 to verse 21, then he said unto them again, peace be unto you. So now he appears to his disciples. And he says, even my, as my father has sent me, even so I send you. The father sent the son, now the son sends other sons and daughters. Because now he's my father. We're, we're, living, we're, we're living in a time where the church has become our father. But when one church we don't like, we just skip to another one and go to another one. And we have lost contact with God as the father. And it's time we just come back. We come back to the place where God is our father and he's the resurrected one. He resurrected. He says, my father has given me the power to raise up my life again. And when he had said this, this is verse 22. He breathed on them and said unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Receive there, listen, it means to take in, but it literally means to activate or to get a hold of. When's the last time you got a hold of the spirit of the living God? Because we're trying to live resurrection without the breath of God. 
I'll tell you, I've seen the most broken of brokenest people. I've, I've laid hands on men in prisons that their shoulders were this wide. We were sitting right there. There was a handball court, a full handball game going on right there. He asked for prayer, and the Spirit of God descended right there. That man started shaking under the power of God because God walks up into prisons. I can't just give my church attendance. So many times we say, well, just come to church. Just come to church. Oh, well, just come to church. Why don't we give them resurrection right there? Right there in the double-stuffed Oreo aisle. Wherever you are, give them the resurrection. Why? Because we're resurrected for purpose. He didn't pull you out of sin just to get you to heaven. He got you out of sin so you could be his light, so you could be his spokesman, so you could speak for him. That doesn't mean you go from a pulpit. Sister Marissa was speaking in a church, and she get a quote that says, Preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, speak. That's the power of resurrection. Jesus walked into the room, and everybody bowed. Why? Because he was resurrected. What happens when the church starts walking purposed in resurrection? And we actually start walking out like we've been resurrected, like we've been brought out of sin into life. Because when you've been brought out of sin into true life, let me tell you something. People don't care as much about your sin. People don't care much about your stuff. They want to know the truth. They want to see the manifest presence of God in us. And it's time that we just go ahead and show everybody. It's time that we start walking out this resurrection. It's time that resurrection isn't a certified to just one day, but it's something that I wake up with the breath of God and begin to walk in. Church, have you been resurrected? Jesus resurrected from the dead and said he was the first to rise and many will rise with him. And he wasn't talking about, he wasn't talking about when we go to heaven because he says on earth as it is in heaven. And if we're going to win this city, the resurrection wins the city. He has been resurrected, but he has resurrected you. He has resurrected me. There are people who will not come to me because I'm a preacher. Because they don't want to be preached at. So what they need to encounter is people of God who don't have a pulpit, but they have resurrection. And they're going to catch you in the aisles. And they're going to catch you at the ball games. And they're going to catch you at a restaurant. And in one moment, you speak resurrection power. And they want something more. Are you ready for that? Because it's time that the body of Christ starts showing who was resurrected. We put posts up that says, uh, go, go to this place and you'll see Buddha's tomb. Go to this one and you'll see Muhammad's tomb. Go to this one, you'll see Confucius's tomb. And, but go to Israel and look, the, the tomb is empty. And we've just repeated that for so long. But can the resurrection be found in you? If somebody is broken and somebody is about to die or they're dead in their sins, are they going to say, man, I got to get a hold of you? I've got to get a hold of you because that takes more than church. That takes resurrection life. That takes being resurrected with purpose. Stand with me today.